Good morning, everybody. Shall we worship together? Would you stand and sing with us? Please. And it is so good to see you here this morning. Welcome to our worship. If you have any prayer requests, please fill our prayer request. Excuse me. Please fill out our prayer request card. I don't think I had enough coffee this morning. <laughs> found on found on the table in the narthex and place it in the basket. There will be an administrative board meeting here in the sanctuary at 6:30 on Tuesday evening. 
We will also be collecting school supplies for the Halotis House of Neighborly Service during the month of July. A list for the items that are needed can be found at the Welcome Center. I hope I'm pronouncing this pronounced correctly. Misa will meet next Sunday at 4.30 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. And our next Fellowship Supper will be in the Fellowship Hall at 6 p.m. on Thursday, July the 22nd. Today's scripture reading is 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, and you can find it on page 330 in your pew Bible. Now the wife of a member of the company of prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. But a creditor has come to take my two children as slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She answered, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. He said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your children and start pouring into all these vessels. When each is full, set it aside. So she left him and shut the door behind her and her children. They kept bringing vessels to her, and she kept pouring. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. But he said to her, There are no more. Then all the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your children can live in the rest. This is the word of God. Would you please bow your heads as we pray together? Loving God, we gather today to praise you. We thank you for all of the blessings of this week and for those we are yet to receive. Remind us that we are here to serve and not to be served. Lead us with your Holy Spirit that we would be a people who speak the truth in love. Teach us to consider our words and to not speak blame and condemnation. May our words show others that we serve a holy God. Let the word we hear today strengthen us to go out and tell others about your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, ladies. That was amazing. Thank you for leading our hearts to worship. At this time, I'd like to invite the children to come forward. Good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Are we all awake today? Yeah. I have a hard time waking up on rainy days. Do you guys have that? You're kind of tired. You fall asleep all the time. Me too. Maybe we're related. <laughs> I have a question for y'all. I have a question for you. How do you make a decision? Like when you need to pick something out, what do you do? Your imagination. What about, do you guys ever do eeny, meeny, miny, mo? To pick out something? What about maybe flipping a coin? Have you ever done that? Where somebody flips a quarter and they see if it comes out heads or tails? Yeah. What about if you're making a decision between yourselves? Like if you have to take turns at something, you're trying to figure out who goes first. Well, what do you do? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Right? Or maybe um, drawing straws. You guys are probably too young for that. But whoever picks out the short straw gets the job they don't want. You don't want to pick out the short straw. Yeah. What about the big decisions you have to do? Do you use the same, the same way to pick things out? Like maybe, maybe mom and dad take you to the store and they say you could pick out whatever toy you want. That would, that would, be, it would be a Hot Wheel? You got to go big, dude. <laughs> if they say you can pick out whatever, whatever toy you want, do you run to the very first toy you see? No, you kind of stop and you think about it, right? You, you look at all your options and you think about which one's the best, right? You take a little bit more time when it's a big decision, right? That's what I do, too. Sometimes I, I wait. I wait a couple days while I'm thinking about my big decisions. Sometimes I pray about it. Sometimes I make the silly mistake and I rush into things. Have you ever rushed and made the wrong decision? You'll probably do that a couple times in your life. It happens. Well, Jesus, when he was talking to us during the Sermon on the Mount, that big, long sermon he does in Matthew, that's like almost three chapters long, he tells us a bunch of different things. He taught us how to pray. He taught us how to follow God's commandments. He taught us how to be patient and not to worry about things. And he did it all with the idea that it's not good enough just to check off the boxes and follow the rules. We have to have our heart in the right place, too. When we pray, we need to have our heart focused on God. When we're following his commandments, we need to do it from the heart, not just because we were told we have to follow those rules, right? When we're being patient, we have to trust God. Well, he also taught us how to make big decisions. Did you know that? And he taught us to focus on God when we're doing it and to put our hearts towards God. We're learning today about Matthew 7, 7, and he tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. And if we're going to do that when we're talking about big decisions— we're going to ask God by praying about a big decision, right? We're going to seek what God or Jesus would do in the manual they gave us, the instruction book. So we would look in the Bible and see if there's any examples in there about what we should do with a big decision. And then we're going to knock. Do you know what that means? What does it mean to knock on a door? What happens when you knock on a door? If they're not there, they don't open the door. But if they do, they open it. If they are at home, they open it, right? Do they open it the moment you knock? No, it takes a little while, right? Sometimes if it's a big house or maybe it's two stories or maybe they didn't hear you the first time, sometimes it takes a long time for them to answer the door, right? And we have to wait. Oh, you use the doorbell. That's pretty smart thinking right there. That's louder than a knock. That's right. But sometimes the door doesn't get opened at all, right? 
It's the same because they're not there. It's the same when we take our, our big questions to God and we're looking to God for answers about big decisions. He controls that door for us. And when we knock on it, we say, God, I have this big decision to make. I need your help. That's us knocking on the door, right? And he might answer that door, but he's going to do it in his time. He might open that door for you and say, yep, this is where you should go. But he might not ever open that door. He might not say, he might say to you, this is not where you need to go. I'm going to keep this door closed. I'm going to block you from going here because it's not safe. And when he does stuff like that, boys and girls, he's going to give you another choice. He's going to give you another option. It might be another door. It might be a window. It might be a fire escape because you've already made some wrong decisions along the way and you need some help. But he's going to open up another path for you. But when we're knocking, we have to wait for God to respond. And that's the hard part, right? We can ask and pray. That's easy. We like talking to God. We can even seek. That's pretty easy, too, because reading the Bible is a pretty cool thing to do. But waiting is hard, right? That's the hard part. And then comes the hardest part. There's another part to this. Did you know that? You have to listen to what God says. You have to listen to the answer that he gives you. And that is the, heart, the part that Miss Jessie has struggled with a lot in her life. Because I don't always like to listen when the answer is no. Do you like to listen to the answer no? No. But we know that God is taking care of us. That he has a plan for our lives and he wants to keep us safe. He wants to help us. He wants us to grow and to tell people about him. And he's going to provide us the way to do that, right? So we need to listen when he tells us yes and listen when he tells us no. All right? Will you all pray with me? Let's bow our heads, fold our hands, close our eyes. Say, dear God, thank you for helping us with our big stuff and our little stuff. Help us to listen to you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, my kiddos, if you want to join me with Spark Worship, we're going to go out this side door, all right? Good morning. Good, good to see all y'all. Isn't this great? I mean, really, it's the 11th of July, and it's only in the 80s. Praise the Lord. I mean, you know, wow. I mean, what a, what a wonderful, wonderful summer so far. So, praise the Lord. Anyway, I love, I'll start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow is to see all of y'all this morning. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the cool temperatures, and we thank you for the rain, which provides life for all of us. Lord, we lift up those we named, and we know your, your word tells us that you know our needs before we ask. We lift up those in areas of the world with violence. We lift up those who have recently lost loved ones. Lord, we lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will, that your children would live in peace and harmony. Lord, remind us constantly with your Holy Spirit of the work you have for each of us in this place at this time. Let us do the work of your Son and remember his example to us 
And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this morning we're continuing our series on the Sermon on the Mount, and as a way of starting that, I want us to think about something that we all experience every day, every single day of our lives. We can't see it. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't smell it. We can't touch it. And we can't break it. We can't break it. I'm talking about gravity, okay? I don't know if the story about Isaac Newton and the apple, this isn't an apple, obviously, but, but, you, can, but you, can, you can see the effects of gravity here with this tennis ball. I don't know if the story about Isaac Newton and the egg or the apple is uh, a myth or not. It probably is. But in any case, it's a good story. And in any case, gravity is something that we all experience every day, and you can't break it. Today we're reading the first part of chapter 7 in Matthew, which is the last chapter of the Sermon on the Mount, and I will begin by reading close to the end of the sermon. Next week I'll just read the end of the sermon when it comes. But for today and our preceding weeks, we start this way because it's Jesus reminding us, as Jesse was talking about hearing and seeking and all that too, that's important for us to do what we hear, consider the word of the Lord. Everyone doesn't leave out many people, does it? Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was its fall. Today's passage is the first 11 verses of chapter 7. Consider the word of the Lord. Do not judge so that you may not be judged 
For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, and do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot and turn and maul you. Ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for bread, will give a stone? Or if the child asks for a fish, will give a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who desires that none should perish, but that all would come to the knowledge of your love and grace. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Now, I told, I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, I've mentioned Dallas Willard and his influence on me, and, and one of his great influences is, is in some of his interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount, which I use liberally. And today he points out in this particular passage, one of the things, one of the things he points out is that Jesus is giving us, among other things, a very good definition of agape love, of agape love. In the first five verses, that I read, Jesus tells us that a characteristic of agape love is to not condemn or blame other people. Don't do it. I mean, he was, he's, he's pretty unambiguous there. It says, do not judge. And when, and when Jesus is talking about judging here, again, we have to be careful with language. Semantics is an amazing thing in many ways. But Jesus is not saying if somebody walks up to you with an implement of destruction, you're not supposed to make a wise decision and get out of the way, right, or take evasive action. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying here is 
don't condemn other people. Don't blame other people. That's a better way to look at it. That's, that's one of the characteristics of agape love here. The second one here is, just in uh, verse 6, don't push something onto somebody that's not going to help them out. Don't try to give somebody something that they don't even know how to use it, right? That's, that's not a loving thing to do. Just because I may utilize a certain knowledge or tool or facility doesn't mean it'll help everybody. And then he says, in uh, verses 7 through 11, he's talking about primarily asking other people. He also talks about asking God because we have a relationship with God just like we should have a relationship with other people. But the primary thing he's saying here is if you want something from somebody, ask them. That's the loving thing to do. Don't try and trick them or manipulate them, right? Just ask them. Just, just go, you know, go to the chase. Now, I talked about or I, I, I mentioned the law of gravity. What I believe it is incumbent on all of us to understand and to practice is what Jesus is saying here about condemning and blaming other people is just a concrete a law as the law of gravity is. If you condemn other people, they're going to condemn you. It's going to come back at you. Now, if we really believe that, it would change our behavior. It would change our behavior. But as I said about the law of gravity, you can't break it. You can't break spiritual laws either. And as we've, as we've discussed, Jesus preached about the kingdom of God, and the only real reality, if that's, if that's a proper phrase, the only real reality is God and God's kingdom. That's it. And spiritual laws, the things that we cannot see, are much more important than many of the things that we can see. So Jesus said, don't condemn. If you condemn, it's coming back at you, right? It's coming back at you, you know? And again, I think when we examine our speech and our habits, sometimes we forget that. Here's the other thing. Whenever we condemn someone, there is a segment or a portion of self-righteousness in that self-righteousness in that. And Jesus told us earlier in the sermon, and he tells us other places, watch out. You know, watch out for self-righteousness. It'll get you, just like, just like the other stuff. And be careful. Just because something is worthy of condemnation doesn't mean necessarily that we're the ones that are supposed to condemn it. See, when we condemn another person, we're basically saying, you're bad, right? That's another thing that we're doing there. Jesus said, don't do it. 
But again, it's just as steadfast, enduring a law as the law of gravity. Now also, one thing that we've, we've talked about over, over the, the time that I've been blessed to be here is that one of the best ways, if not the best way, to interpret Scripture is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. Okay? And so this morning I have, for the different segments here, I have a few examples that I want us to, to look at. The first one has to do with this, and it's found in Luke chapter 18. Easy scripture to remember because it's Luke 18, 9, and 9 is half of 18, right? So it's, it's much easier to remember scriptures when you can make little duas like that with the numbers. He also, he being Jesus, told this parable. Listen to these words. Look at this. He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous hmm, and regarded others with contempt. Sounds like somebody who would condemn someone else, right? And not necessarily being worried about being condemned themselves. To some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, and even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Hmm. So it's almost like Jesus says, if you exalt yourself, the law of gravity is going to kick in and bring you down, right? Then he says this interesting, this is another one that I think has really gotten twisted over the ages. He says, what? Don't give what is holy to dogs, and don't throw your pearls before swine. Now, some people have said, you know, this means you shouldn't waste your time on worthless people, right? That's not what Jesus is saying at all. Jesus would never say that. In fact, I mean, you think about it, when God sent Jesus, that's kind of like throwing pearls before swine, right? If you look at it in the term of it being having to do with somebody who's worthless or the worth of something, Here's what Jesus is talking about, I believe. Jesus is talking about don't push wonderful things or things that seem wonderful to you on somebody else who might not be able to use them, right? 
What kind of results do we get when we do things like that? Not very good results. We have to get what we get if we want to be able to utilize it when we're ready for it, when we're ready for it. And there are times in our lives, there are times for all of us still, there are certain things that all of us are not ready for. Not because the thing itself is worthless. Pearls and holy things have great value, right? And it's not because we are worthless either. We have great value. But we may not have the ability or the need at a particular time for something. So it's not a matter of value either from what is being given or the receiver here that Jesus is talking about when he's talking about throwing pearls before swine. And that's still a great picture, isn't it? It's talking about helpfulness. Will it be helpful to somebody else to give them a particular thing? Jesus says, think about it. Here's where we see this very clearly in Scripture. Hopefully this will make it clear for all of us. We all know the story of David and Goliath, right? It's probably one of the first stories they showed you in uh, Sunday school, if you went to Sunday school as a child, you know. One little boy named David, right? He'd sing the song and everything else. But remember when David went to Saul and said, you know, I'll take care of your riffraff for you, right? You know, you don't have to be afraid because the armies of Israel there are standing literally shaking in their sandals because Goliath comes out and defies them every day, and they just stand there. David says, I'll take care of this character for you. And what did Saul do? Do you all remember what Saul did? Saul, Saul said, here, David, I'll give you my armor. The Scripture tells us there in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, Saul put his helmet on David, he put his mail on David, he gave David his sword, and you know what it says? It says David could not, it was in vain for David to try and walk. He couldn't move, okay? Now Saul was trying to be helpful. Saul clearly wanted to get rid of Goliath, and he's got somebody here who's volunteered to do it, but he's saying, let me help you out, David. So he weights him down with so much junk that he can't even walk, right? That's throwing your pearls before swine. That's throwing your pearls before swine right there. That's giving something holy to a dog. And we all know David wasn't a dog. David wasn't a pig. It's, again, it's a matter of, is what I'm doing for this person or this situation helpful or not? If it's helpful, by all means, go for it. And then we read on down in chapter 17, and you all remember what happened? It says, the stone sunk into Goliath's forehead, and he, gravity kicks in, fell on his face, right? He fell on his face. A 
again, Jesus is talking about spiritual laws. He's talking about facts. He's talking about the way God's universe operates. If you want something, ask, seek, knock, right? Go for it. And again, Jesus has taught us all along not to be manipulative, not to be deceptive, not to try and twist things around for other people, not to try and figure out what somebody else needs. If you want to know what they need, ask them. If you want something from them, ask them. If you want to find something, seek for it and keep seeking. By the way, you're probably all aware that, you know, the, the, the tense here is keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. It's not just a one-time thing. It's something we go on and on and on with throughout our lives as we go on to perfection and love, God's will for all of us, for all of us. And God doesn't expect us to do anything that we don't have the ability to do. God has given us the ability to do it. But again, this is where we get free will. God has given all of us the ability to make choices. And God will not stop us from making bad choices. Won't do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have freedom, right? Freedom means you can do the right thing or you can do the wrong thing. If you could only do one or the other, it's not freedom by definition. And God gives us freedom. You know, we often think of God as the creator, and God is the creator. God is the creator. But... God is also the liberator and the author of freedom, right? Exodus 20, verse 2. Perhaps, perhaps, in addition to Deuteronomy 6, 4, the most quoted scripture of our Jewish brothers and sisters, right? And it says what? I, the Lord your God delivered you from the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage, right? Out of the house of slavery. God gives us freedom, and it's God's will for us to be free and to make choices, which again is one of the things that's wrong about throwing pearls before swine. You're not letting somebody make a choice. You're just dumping something on them. Now, again, did Jesus demonstrate this in his ministry? Absolutely. Do y'all remember shortly before, shortly before Jesus' crucifixion? In fact, he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's down there at Jer Jericho, right? And he's coming into Jericho, and blind Bartimaeus cries out, right? Blind Bartimaeus says, what? Son of David, 
Hmm, he keeps coming up. Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus is blind, right? Jesus calls Bartimaeus over, and the, and the, the people go and get Bartimaeus and say, the master is calling you over. And y'all notice what Jesus said to Bartimaeus? He says, what do you want me to do for you? He didn't say, come over here, Bartimaeus, and I'm going to fix your eyes. No. Maybe Bartimaeus really didn't mind being blind. I don't think so, but, but it was a possibility, you see. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? He was demonstrating asking here like he tells us to do when we deal with each other. He wasn't presuming anything about what Bartimaeus' needs may have been. And when we do that, we are affirming the value of the person in the first place. We're affirming that person's value. And the second place, we are affirming that person's free will and that person's choice. Bartimaeus might have said, you know, I've got, I've got this horrible corn on my toe, and it really hurts. <laughs> or I'm tired of sitting here. Could you give me a chair? Right? Now, of course, but, but, but the point is, again, Jesus asked him what he wanted. He didn't presume and throw something at him. So this morning in this portion of the sermon, I want us to remember above all, just like Jesus said, I want us to remember everything he said here about love, for God is love, and God wants us to reflect that love to the world around us. But it's easy for us to think we have a better idea sometimes. Maybe we think we know what you need better than you know what you need yourself, right? I've never heard anybody say anything like that, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. So it's also a law, just like the law of gravity. So remember, if you drop the ball, you can always ask God for grace to keep seeking. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you go, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. strong and true no